and welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy! My guest today is Manisha Sheath. Manisha is the mom of three and founder of The Nurturing Mama. She supports moms and their mental health from pregnancy to toddlerhood. She's a certified antenatal and hypnobirthing teacher, a birth and postpartum doula, and also a training counselor. You will absolutely feel her passion and conviction. She's got the spark. She has a platform and she's really ready to have her voice be heard. So please enjoy this wonderful episode. Manisha, welcome. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. So uh, thank you so, so much for being here. It's really great to be here. And thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to talking to you about moms and mental health and what I do. Yeah, thank you. It's such a valuable topic. And I know that you have um, a wide range of experience. And I want to first kick it off with how you came to this field, your personal experience that brought your passion and mission to the table of dedicating your life's work to this mission, really. Um, Well, it's from my own experience. Um, I have three boys. And I live not very close to my family. So I live in Nottingham um, and my parents live like two and a half hours away. Um, So it meant that me and my husband were were pretty much on our own here, apart from some friends that we have. I had my kids pretty close together and I was always so excited to have them. Um, I tried for about four years. So I struggled to conceive initially. And um, that was quite stressful. But when I did get pregnant, I remember that feeling of, okay, now what? (laughs) I spent so long trying to conceive and getting to this point that I I didn't really um, think about what was going to happen after that. Um, I was still really excited. I was so happy to have my little boy. But one thing that I was worried about that I just kept putting in the back of my head was the birth. Um, I didn't know what to expect. And actually, I didn't, I mean, I thought that here in the UK we have classes um, run by the NHS and and we go to those and I kind of thought well that's all I need Um, and then after that what happened is that my birth didn't go as I wanted but I still carried on my other two came and I found my own emotional health and my mental health being affected but I didn't really recognize the symptoms Um, I didn't really know who to talk to I didn't know there was any help out there. Um, There's a huge lack of awareness about it. And I think it's associated as well with if you're if you're struggling being a mum, it somehow um, means that you're not a good mum. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. What an emotional experience, not only from having a difficult time to conceive in the beginning, but everything that happens after and the feelings of like guilt and shame and everything like on top of hormones raging through your system and kind of wreaking havoc. 
Um, I would like to go back to the the difficulty to conceive because I know that there are so many women that struggle with that. And that is another area that can chip away at our feminism and, and really make us think that we're broken. How did you overcome that experience before you decided to pivot into making this a career to help other women? Um, I honestly have to say those women who go through IVF and not only once those women who do it over and over again, I respect you so much because I personally couldn't do it. It was when I got to the point where the doctors had tried things with me and it was about to go to the next step where I was then going to be injected with hormones and having more appointments. I, because I couldn't take the pressure I couldn't take the stress and the way that it was affecting my relationship with my husband as well, because it became the only thing we talked about. You know, our whole relationship was just focused on getting pregnant. Um, so I actually stopped and I got pregnant the month after, which is crazy. But I've heard that before. It's <laughs> like when you stop working at like a job and there's some kind of surrenderance. You know, there's like a flow. And I've heard that more often than not, where it was like, we tried for years and years. And then when you get to this fatigue, <laughs> just like, I can't do it anymore. It's like, boom. Yeah. So, it's so I, interesting. It's the stress, actually, the stress, um, what I've learned now from, you know, some of my training, and although I'm not trained in fertility, I understand the importance of hormones and the effect the stress has on our hormones. So a part of... Um, what happens when someone's trying to conceive is that pressure. So I had the pressure of not feeling like a real woman because I couldn't conceive. I had the questions of people asking me, um, why have you not got a child yet? Um, I had um, the guilt of my, my husband wanting a child and the possibility of me not being able to provide that. Um, and then it not working you know, the fact that whatever I was trying, it wasn't working. And that stress and anxiety chips away at you and it does affect you on a physiological level. And that actually then affects your fertility because your body has to be, and it's very much when giving birth, your body has to be in a right state and your mind has to be in the right state of mind and your hormones have to be at the right level for your body to then naturally conceive and naturally birth and recover things like that it makes so much sense what do you think has been a key healing aspect for you in that specific stage of this process um I actually I think a lot of it was my relationship with my husband um he was really good and really supportive um and he always made it clear that it wasn't anything to do with me personally so at least I had even though I had these thoughts in my head about there's something wrong with me and I'm not good enough and I can't believe I can't conceive it, he was very much like no it's fine we might just not meant to have children and there are other avenues so I did look at adoption and fostering and things like that as you know other ways to kind of fulfill that part of our life um and the other thing was I think I got to a point where I had to accept it. Um, and it was hard. It was the, the, the day that I said, I am not doing this anymore. It was probably the hardest day, but 
it was this huge weight lifted off me. I yeah. I had this huge sense of relief. I I just let go. That's what it was. I let go of things that I couldn't control. Um, and that I think really helped me to accept that, you know what, if this isn't meant for me, that's okay. We can do other things. Maybe I have other things in my life that I'm meant to do. That's beautiful. First off, shout out to your cool hubby because that's amazing. And I think that um, having a support system in place is so invaluable. And yeah. we're really lucky and blessed when we have those people in our life that are our rocks and they're our foundation. And then for the ladies listening that maybe weren't so lucky to have that support system, you know, do you have tips on how to cultivate a support system? Like you said, you're not around your your mom and dad. Like, you know, so like how do people cultivate that externally if they're not lucky enough to have that? And it's so very important. We can't do it alone and in isolation. There's already so many things like you talked about, so many challenges that we're faced with in those periods. How can someone cultivate that support system when they're down? That's the thing. Like when everything is going great, we can like be creative. And and what I heard a lot in your story was like, this growth mindset, you know, what else, what else can we do and how else can we solve that problem? But I think when there's depression and anxiety and really deep feelings of shame and guilt, how do you pull up from the bootstraps and say, wait, there's got to be another way. How do I cultivate that support system? I think reaching out, um, because sometimes you might think that there's nobody there that understands and nobody that really knows what's going on. And sometimes partners aren't able to understand you, but maybe seeking support either from any friends that you have that you've known for a long time that know you that know who you are um or that i mean social media is amazing in terms of the support groups that are out there there are many support groups that are out there that you could try seeing if you can befriend a, some another woman in your local area who's going through because this is so common it's I know we don't talk about it, but actually, when I did start talking about it, it was crazy to hear so many. I went through that. I did that. I felt like that. There is other people there who have been through what you have been through or going through what you are going through and just trying to reach out to them. And if that isn't an option, seek professional support. It's nothing. There's nothing wrong with having to speak to a counsellor or um, a mental health team about your your struggling. It's an investment that you need to make in yourself. And I think there's no shame in it because you are at a place where you don't want to be anymore. And there are people there. There are people there who can pull you out and that can support you, whether that is your partner, whether that is a close friend, whether that is somebody that you have met through social media, Facebook, something like that, because there are some really good support groups on there or professional help. Um, Yeah. The other thing that, yeah, it's so important. And the other thing is to do things. I try to help my clients do things on their own. So things like journaling, or starting a creative hobby, whether it's drawing or poetry or um, painting, knitting, anything that helps you to release some of that anxiety. So it's not pent up. It's not building up within you because this is a, a therapeutic outlet to be able to kind of get some of those emotions out, but in a creative way. So you're not actually facing it. 
but you're letting go of it. Yes, 100%. And I do think when we use that right side of the brain, that very creative side, it does damper down the nerves and the depression and the obsession, I think. Like you talked about your whole life being focused on that. And that can absolutely take a toll on a relationship as well. So that's a really great tip. All those tips, you had about five. And I think that um, it's it's really important for people to hear that, that they're, you're not alone. You're not struggling in isolation. There are other women that absolutely can relate. There are other outlets, whether it is something that you cultivate, like you said, through social media or taking the next step. If it's really starting to get to that extra challenging level of saying, yeah, I actually need help. The beauty of that is because the the matriarch of the family, even if you don't have children yet, is such a powerful figure that there's a massive ripple effect when your health is at its optimal level, when your um, mind, body, and spirit are balanced, that affects every relationship. So it is, to me, the most important thing to um, invest in when it comes to your holistic well-being. I'm wondering, being a mama of three and having this personal experience and this really deep wisdom, because I think when you've experienced it um, firsthand, you're the most empathetic support system that there is because you intimately know the details and the challenges and the nitty gritties. And I'm sure that makes you excellent at what you do. When did you decide, Manisha, that you were going to make this your career? I know there's a lot of bravery that it takes yeah. to step into that and say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this my career. When I had my third... Um... I had really bad um, SPD, so it meant that I, I was actually in a wheelchair and I couldn't walk wow. for most of my pregnancy. And I was really focusing on how it was affecting me physically, but I did not even think about the emotional effect that it was going to have on me. And I had this idea that once my baby is born, because that they, they say that you stop recovering, it's the hormones from pregnancy and... Um, you get better once baby baby's here. So I I had this crazy idea that I am going to go back to completely normal as soon as my baby's born. And I, I don't know. I just didn't think it was going to, it was just something that I have to get through and, and then I'll be totally fine. Um, what actually happened was I ended up suffering from anxiety mm. and I had no idea at the time, really the symptoms of anxiety um and I kept ignoring it because I thought it was just the fact that I had two toddlers and a baby um and motherhood I guess you know I just ignored it and it got to a point where I started getting these headaches every day it turned into chronic migraines I couldn't there were there were like two three days in a week I couldn't get out of bed wow that's intense. and yeah and it was when I saw it was affecting not only me now, I mean, there was only so much that I could hide, but it was affecting my children, my relationship with my children and my relationship with my husband. And then I sought help. I finally actually sought help. So now they're under control. I've taken medication. I've made priority to look after myself. But one thing um, that came out from that was um, how common postnatal depression and postpartum anxiety and other maternal mental health conditions are and 
not only how common it is, but how little we talk about it and how often we hide it. Um, and I just didn't want other mums to go through what I went to, what, what I went through. I didn't want them to start having those those anxiety feelings or symptoms of depression and then they ignore it and then it gets worse because for me it's chronic migraines but for others it's real clinical depression you know it's maybe OCD and it can turn into so much more it's really the body's cry for help because it wants balanced and so these are red flags and I think that when we can look at them as like our internal operating system saying, hey, remember me, like I'm out of balance. There's a couple of things you need to do. If we can look at it in that, um, in that like mindset or through that lens, I think it diffuses some of the, the shame and the guilt. And I also think that it is being talked about more now, which is a really good thing. And I think to your point of social media support groups, there is a tremendous amount of connecting together and feeling like you belong, which is really just an innate human quality that we must have, we must fill. It's a need that we must fill. So the positive side of social media is that you can connect on such a global scheme of people that are going through the struggles and not in a way to like rehash the bad, but in a way of like community um, correlation of like being on the same page. And then like, How do we now transform? How do we come out of that? Did you ever just wish there was a group of high vibe women entrepreneurs that you could hang out with? A place where you could share your wins, get a biz question asked, and be around people that just get you. Well, there is my friend. It's my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group. I created a place on the web where like minds and open hearts could continue the conversations that we start here on the podcast. Fulfill your desire to develop friendships with women from around the globe, women who are on the solopreneur journey just like you. Now more than ever, we are craving authentic connections. Believe me, your voice matters, your work matters, and having the support of a close-knit community can make all the difference in the world. So head over to Facebook and go to facebook.com slash groups slash women developing brilliance and request to join my private women developing brilliance Facebook group, the gathering place for heart centered female entrepreneurs looking to create an impact, increase their income and connect deeply with themselves and others in the process. I can't wait to welcome you in my women developing brilliance Facebook group where you'll be encouraged to introduce yourself, ask a question, and meet other ambitious lightworkers just like you. Again, it's facebook.com slash groups slash women developing brilliance. I'll catch you there. I would love from your experience to talk a little bit about the balance of sharing story and also traversing the story, because I know sometimes people can stay very much in the quagmire of the story and never quite get to the other side. Yeah, I think one of the things that um, I found was not just accepting it as being normal, actually trying to intentionally make things better. So for example, one of the things I focus on is mum guilt 
And for some reason, we just accept it as part of us. But we don't do anything about it. We just said, well, it's just mum guilt. We're just going to deal with it. And that's the story of our life. Okay, I'm going to feel guilty about this. I'm going to feel guilty about that. But we need to change it. It doesn't, even though it's a part of us, it doesn't have to determine how we behave and how we react and, how, and our decisions. And the other thing I try to help moms with is stop it before it gets to that point. So the preventative measures. Yes, brilliant. You know, so it, it's about making sure that you, you're you less likely to suffer from birth trauma, making sure that you have the support you need beforehand to deal with postnatal depression, making sure you know the support, support available to you and the symptoms so you know where to reach out when you're getting to a point and also educating partners. So if they recognize the symptoms, they can say, okay, we need to get you some help. Rather than what I did was just accepting it as part of me, my motherhood journey, and just life. It isn't just life. It, and something can be done. Things can change and they can improve. And that's what I want. I want mums to know it can get better. It yeah. can get better. That's such a good um, such a good point on multiple levels. I mean, just the idea of being proactive, you know, and really not waiting until it's too late. And because when it's too late, you can't control making sure everybody is educated and everybody's like, you know, especially because as the moms, like very few times, or I would say generally speaking, the majority, like it's our role to make everybody else around us good and safe and feeling, you know, like it's, it's interesting because I think that a lot of education can happen in this arena where it's like, how is mom doing? You know, like for both kids and partners and even parents to be like turning towards the mother and thinking, how is she? What does she need? You know, how can we make this more comfortable for her? I think there's a lot of room out there in the world for that kind of conversation. And I love the fact that your company name is called Nurturing Mama because that can have a couple of different meanings. Not only is mama nurturing everybody around her, but I also think that there's some global consciousness shifts that are required for the mama herself to be nurtured and for all of that then to kind of come into balance and harmony. Uh, so yeah, such an interesting conversation. And oh my gosh, do you see the trend, Manisha, changing with this new awareness and education? Like, what do you predict for the future when we're talking about um, mental health for pregnancy to toddlerhood, which is your specialty. What do you see the trends as we move forward in, in this particular field? Um, I think definitely it is being spoken about and there is more awareness of it. And I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that women will start being more proactive in getting not only the support, emotional support, but actually the antenatal, antenatal education. So preparing for their birth and understanding how their body works, understanding how their hormones work, because if this is the beginning, um, and now there is a lot more kind of discussions out there about the importance of antenatal education and the increase of maternal mental health and link between birth trauma and postnatal depression. So I think especially, I think with COVID as well, people are kind of researching more. They have a little bit more time to, you know, look 
at what's out there and how they can actually start, you know, supporting their mental health because it, because people are really now understanding that it is a part of them that they have to also acknowledge that needs work and support. It's not just about the physical. Um, and I think more and more women are now talking about it. So talking about their own personal experiences, talking about um, overcoming their trauma or overcoming their anxiety. So there's hope. There is hope that, you know, I'm not just stuck in this situation. And I think social media in, in one sense is detrimental because there are so many perfect stories about perfect mums being the perfect superwoman. But, yeah, there are also more and more women coming out um, with honesty, with, you know, talking about real motherhood, you know, opening up as about their struggles and I think the more we do this the more women will feel comfortable talking 100% and you know it's interesting because even when I see those raw authentic stories of true motherhood it's still kind of shocking I just actually a couple weeks ago ran across um a woman a, a business associate and she had her first child and it was three or four months in and she took a selfie of herself in front of the bathroom mirror with her belly, with the stretch marks and a pretty big belly. And she was very thin before and she had a big long post of the rawness of trying to have self-acceptance and love, even though her body has taken such a different shape and she's trying not to feel gross because there's no baby in there, but it still looks like there's a baby in there. And I commended her so much for that. And then there was a part of me that was like, holy crap, I can't believe she did that. It's so exposing. It's so vulnerable. Like there's still a thing that there's something inside of us, no matter how we continue to try. And I'm speaking from my own point. I'm not generalizing, but like, you know, I do a lot of work on self-acceptance and inclusivity. And yet there is still a comfort level of seeing the slick feed of the perfect pictures on the beach with like baby in between perfect mom and dad with the wind blowing through her gorgeous locks. You know what I mean? Like there's still more of a comfort level seeing that, even though I commend that honesty, um, it's gritty and we're not used to it. And yeah, I think that there's, there's a slow movement happening there, both on the, the giver and the receiver, you know, the poster and the person, the, yeah. the viewer, you know, <laughs> Yeah, if we're uncomfortable watching and seeing other people showing the reality, then we're not going to be comfortable with ourselves. Good point. So we have to face it. We have to confront it because that is a huge, huge part of self-awareness is and self-acceptance is not shying away from the things that do make you feel uncomfortable, you know, because it's, 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 it is what it is. Um, and the more we look at the pretty pictures, it, as, as I think as mums, it can really, it makes you feel, what is it that I'm doing wrong? What's wrong with me? But actually, you know, I've, I think I read an article about there's there's so many pictures out there that are, I think women, um, there's some mums that will just literally take a picture of the corner, the best corner of their room to make it, the house doesn't mean the whole house is perfect, but it's, 
it's what it's showing. It's the assumption that people are making from that one picture. Definitely. You know, and it's hiding 100%. behind the camera. Yeah. 100%. And it just really brings to mind Rachel Hollis, you know, because I think a big spurt in her community development was when she shared that picture of herself in a bikini post babies with stretch marks and it went viral, you know, and I think that we are thirsty for that authenticity, even though some of the things are shocking and some of even the, the pieces and bits in her books when she's talking about motherhood and what happens to her body and her breasts after breastfeeding. And, you know, like the way she describes them, like literally it kind of singes something in your brain. Like I think she described them as like, it's kind of like raw, but like soggy tube socks filled with like yogurt or cottage cheese or something. And it's like, when I read that, I was like, oh my God, why would anybody want to get pregnant and breastfeed? But I do think that we are slowly coming about to these realities and such an excellent point that you said, the things that make us the most uncomfortable are the things that are shining light on self-acceptance pieces in our own self. You know, why does this make me feel uncomfortable? Why is it easier to see beautifully um, curated Instagram grids? It's a real opportunity, not only for the mom, but for us experiencing mom's journey, womanhood, feminism, all of that. Um, so much fodder for personal development. What's been your biggest kind of aha moment in this process for you as you're helping women along their journeys and in all the layers and in all the, the bumpy bits and the ugly tears and everything in between and the joy. Like I do also want to highlight, like there's a lot of joy too. Like we've had a big discussion on the dark side and I think it's because we don't talk about it often enough. However, I'd even love to hear some of your highlights of being a mama or the transformations that you've seen with your clients of the actual joy, because we're doing it for a reason, for betterment, for happiness. So I'd love to leave our listeners with an uplift of why we're doing it and, and what makes it so special. Yeah, there is. Yeah, of course, there is definitely a dark side because we don't talk about it, but if we embrace ourselves and our reality, motherhood is incredible. Being a mom, you will never get that feeling with anything else that you do. And we deserve to enjoy it. And one of the things that I, I and I try to kind of say is motherhood isn't meant to be a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. It is beautiful. And the relationships that you create with your children, it's amazing. And the and I think the highlight for me is when I have women who are terrified of birth come out the other end and say, I had an amazing experience. My birth with my baby was so much more than I can imagine. And because we are constantly um, reading stories about how painful and negative it is, they can change their mindset and then it's, it's about, I think a lot of it is about control. It's about learning to be able to control the things that you can, but let go of the things that you can't. Yes. You know, and that's what it is. And to em embrace yourself as, as you. And that's what I try and focus on. That you are who you are. Um, so I try and help women create their own expectations and create a relationship with their children based on their own life, you know, and 
the uh, I've had like a client who was on her I think second baby and she was just really struggling with her emotions and the it being so overwhelming and the exhaustion and just giving her simple techniques of what we call self-care and and she was then able to use that to enjoy her family to enjoy her children and to stop being so critical about herself you know awesome you know it's so interesting because when i hear these elements and these values that you help your clients with it can very much be applied to the solopreneur journey as well you know understanding the process letting go of perfectionism releasing guilt embracing exactly who you are and the uniqueness of who you are because that is your secret sauce and all the biggest thing is surrender knowing when you need to let go and go with the flow and surrender and trust so you can enjoy the journey this can be applied to motherhood and it can be applied to life and it can be applied to entrepreneurialism i just think you really um just eloquently laid it out in such a beautiful arrangement so thank you so much for that this has been such an illuminating conversation. I know that our listeners are going to find a lot of value in your words. If you wanted to close out with some bright light wisdom, what would you like to leave our listeners with today? Um, I think preparing is really important. Um, and I don't mean getting all the things that you need for baby, but really understanding that your your emotional state will change accepting that it will change your relationship with your partner will change you probably will change a little bit but it doesn't have to be a negative thing if you can put the right preparation in place acknowledge it and you know find ways to help you through that journey it will get you to a, a much better place and that's what i i try and do is help pre preparation is key when it comes to being pregnant because we don't always know what to accept expect when when we're having a baby but if we just have the right things in place so we know if this happens then i can i can do this and and if that happens then i can do that then it just means that you're not looking for answers when you're exhausted stressed and overwhelmed things are written out for you already so um postpartum planning is is definitely one thing that I can really recommend you do if you're pregnant. Yes, I love that. That's really good advice. How can people learn more about you and your world? Um, well, I have my website, which is nurturingmama.co.uk. Um, there is a free postpartum plan on there that you can download, as well as a blog and how to actually do it. So feel free to um, download that um, and get in touch with me. I, I offer services from antenatal education, hypnobirthing, but also supporting you emotionally and mentally um, from pregnancy all the way up to toddlerhood. Um, so if there's any way that I can support you or if you just need someone to vent to, to find ways to move forward on, on something that you're struggling with or managing anxiety, get in touch with me and we can have a chat and see how I can help you. Perfect. 
I'll make sure to put your links in the show notes. I love the work that you're doing, Manisha. So keep it up, keep shining brightly. And until next time, my friend, breathe joy. Thank you so much. It was great to to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.